702. Food feature. Time for the food feature. And today we're traveling to Greece in Joburg. And <laughs> it is so lovely to have both of you ladies in studio. The owner of Meraki Deli Cafe, Genevieve Pearson Pavlakis, as well as Kath Jerikaris, winemaker Jerikaris Wine. You guys are making my tongue work today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you, really. It's lovely to be here. I, I, um, I, I'm trying to figure out which I'm more excited for. Is it that there's tons of dessert I have to enjoy at home? Tons of wine I have to enjoy <laughs> at home. Or the fact that um, there's, there's wine happening in Johannesburg. You don't actually have to travel to Stellenbosch to get to enjoy something that is locally produced. And I don't know, do we count it as proudly South African? Just checking. Absolutely. Definitely. There we go. That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> but let's get started. I want to start with you, Genevieve. Um, share with us your Greek connection. <laughs> you, because you, you, bo- you both have to tell us what's this Greek connection, and then share with us how your 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 journey with food came about. You know, what was that upbringing relationship with food like before mm. it became like, all right, how much profit are we making? <laughs> so, um, well, actually, my husband is the Greek in the relationship, uh, the Pavlakis. So I'm I'm actually pure English stock. <laughs> But you're Greek but by association. Greek. So yes. now I'm Greek, yes. My son speaks better Greek than I do. But um, yeah, I think when we were, were dating, um, he kind of wowed me over with his lamb on the spit. Uh, I never used to eat lamb until he cooked it for me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't wow. really enjoy it. Look, no offense, uh, but I, I can't really just say a standout lamb British dish. So no. I don't blame you. <laughs> exactly. Except <laughs> for maybe roast lamb with some pudding. Yes. Yeah. No. So when he uh, we, he did a lamb on the spit when we had a big function um, before we were married, and I was like, yeah, I'm a convert. This is my husband. And he always had this. He always had this a passion to actually do this on a more regular basis in mm. a restaurant type thing. But we've both come from professional backgrounds. And it was actually post-COVID that we thought, well, hang on, you know, our existing businesses have really struggled. So let's, let's, what, what, what sold during COVID? You were a and yoga. Was, I'm a yoga teacher. Yes. You're a yoga teacher. That's right. Yes. And you had your studios. That's right. Yes. Mm. And those are still going, but not, not like they were before. Mm. Um, but we always thought, well, food is the one thing that actually people still need to eat yes. and buy. And it was the one thing that weren't locked down. Yes. <laughs> so, when, um, you know, as we were coming out of lockdown, we, we nearly opened for two years now, but we were still in masks when mm. we launched and stuff, and there was still the element of those social distancing, and luckily they, they waved. But, um, yeah, from there we've, we've started perfecting our food offering, and it's, it's been a, an interesting journey, that's for sure. Who, who was the cook in, in the relationship and in the marriage the whole time before you guys went into business together? We've actually, we both equal partners in cooking and John mm. is very good. He takes takes great pride in his cooking. And um yeah, we, we, we like experimenting in the kitchen. It's it's good fun. Yeah. So who was the person in his life you had to impress with your cooking of Greek food? <laughs> is that a nonna a mama? His mama, yeah. <laughs> his influence was probably his yaya, his his grandmother. Mm. Um certainly on the baking side. So yes. the kurabiedes, the shortcake that you've tasting tasting now or will later. Those are from Yaya. Those are Yaya's famous recipes. The, the um, disclaimer is I couldn't do 
dessert and wine before no. going. I was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> Listen, this will be a disaster. I've got to pick a struggle, and I chose the wine battle, struggle. Yeah. So, in terms of, I mean, obviously, we know that COVID and lockdowns was such an uncertain time. Mm. What was it that gave you that courage? To actually do this thing when we were living in such uncertain times because some people opted to now be like, I need to be super cautious. Mm. And others were like, YOLO, I guess, because you never know, you might as well. That was it. Um, it was an opportunity to, to take the premises that we're in now um, at a very reasonable rate. And yes. We wanted to be able to, to sell daily products, actually, mainly was to sell the, the olive oils and the... Um, biscuits and stuff that that um, we wanted to source literally from Crete. My husband's family is mm. from Crete, and we wanted to have an outlet at some point in our lives to be able to import and, and distribute. And it's it's kind of like a whole lot of ideas and um, bucket list things that we wanted to do that kind of led to where we are now. And and we're just going on this journey, and it's taking us in different directions. And we've we're lo- launching more on the food side. It's mm. uh, food trucks and and markets and and this and that. And the next thing, and it's we would never have planned that two years ago. It would never yes. have been the focus, but it's just become that. And catering and all these kind of things. So it's it's taking us in a very interesting direction. But we're still focusing also on the you know, olive oils, which unfortunately now are becoming so expensive to import. But, mm. um, you know, I think there are still people that, that like those exclusive items and, and in their pantry. It's, it's nice to be able to supply that. So um, being, being an artist, I go through phases where um, if I need to create something new, I will go and research everything that's currently out there and say, okay, cool, let me design something that no one can get. Or... You don't want to listen to see anything so that you allow your canvas to be fully blank and not be influenced. And I'm wondering, when you decided to do this, did you, you know, sort of say, okay, we're going to go eat at every Greek restaurant <laughs> in Joburg and see what they're doing. <laughs> don't like that, Halloumi. Or like, did you say, we're just going to do what we know? Like, how does that journey Pretty work? Much. Because I think sometimes um, it isn't always that technical and sitting with mass research. Sometimes it's just, let's... Figure it's it out as we go. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I must say, we've been very blessed with um, the the staff that we have, the cooks and the the chefs. Um, you know, and they've brought along their expertise in terms of preparing Greek food. They've come from from Greek food backgrounds, and so we've relied heavily on that. But we're now getting to that point where we we're doing a few things that we like and doing them really well. So mm. we like to say our euros. Are literally John has specific ways of preparing them, and this is how we're going to do it because they have to be the same as what you would have in Athens. So yes. If you can go to Athens and taste it, you should be able to taste the same thing here. And it's always been his dream to sort of make sure that we can replicate that. So we we're focusing on what we know we can do well, mm. um, and it's the same like with the biscuits. We bake we bake all our own biscuits and and our sweet treats, and you know each time we're tweaking here and there and perfecting as we go. So no, by no means did we. Sit and research. No, um, we, we did a few started, restaurants. Yes. I mean, we had obviously been attending a lot of restaurants, um, and I don't want to mention names, or maybe <laughs> I can. <laughs> There's some really good ones out yes. there, and so you know, the the bench, the the bar is really high, mm. and you've got to say, okay, well, we don't want to compete with that, or we don't want to um, sort of replicate what they're doing, or let's, how can we do something different? How do we do it better? You know, it's a different experience when you come mm. to us, you know. And so we have a different offering generally than, than, than the others. So, yeah. So where does the relationship come with the Jerakaris wine? <laughs> where does that come in the mix? Because you have to start 
with the Greek connection first? Well, uh, funny enough, it was actually a way to to bring people into into our restaurant. Mm. Um, John, John, and I, we, we both uh, we both owning it and running it. Um, but you know, and he was googling Greek winery, Greek wines, and um, came up with Cherokaris on our doorstep. <laughs> we were like, oh wow! <laughs> and then they started chatting. Kath came in. We chatted for like about an hour, five minutes about business. The rest was all about our neighbouring villages on the island of Crete. Oh and wow! <laughs> literally, like, yeah. And and the heritage of of the Cretan Cretan uh, wines and families. And uh, yeah, we, we actually did a wine tasting with Kath a couple of months ago, uh, which was a roaring success. We had a lot of people come in and um, indulge in the wines, get to know the wines and our foods as well. So yeah, I think that's it's an important and special relationship, I think. And uh, we went to the winery, actually. We went to Craig Hall, mm. my husband and I and my son. Uh, he didn't drink that. I was, <laughs> was going to say, say, how young can we start? It's too little, too young. Yeah. No, but he's, um, no, it's a beautiful setting um, mm. by Delta Park there. And, uh, and, and we loved it. It was just like being in, in Stellenbosch or somewhere. It was lovely. The lovely openness and just drinking a glass of wine and having a bit of nibblies here and there. It was lovely. Yeah. So, Kath, tell us your Greek connection and how your journey into making wine began. So, also, uh, my husband's Greek, um, he, although born and bred in, in, in um, Sandringham, in, yes. in Johannesburg, but his father moved here, immigrated here um, when he was around 40 mm. from, from Athens. His whole family had been, uh, or was Greek, and, and obviously um, his history is also from Crete. Um, so that, yeah, it's, as Jen said, this is the connection, that's a very, very strong connection between our mm. two families in terms of where we've, we've come from. Um, and then my journey into winemaking was, I like to think I've, I've sort of ticked off my early midlife, or oh, my midlife crisis. So I had it early, <laughs> was very bad at sitting in Please an office. Please tell us how soon, <laughs> how quickly, because I feel like when you're on the other side, life is a lot better. Yeah, so, yeah. so is it better to have it as quick? Like, how do we rush the process of having the midlife crisis? <laughs> life, is, <laughs> life is too short. You've got to do what you love. Yes, mm, yes, so, yes. So go with it. So um, you were in this corporate space. And then you're like, I can't anymore. Yeah, and and actually in New Zealand because I'm a Kiwi originally. Uh, only um, now I'm hearing uh, the accent. <laughs> the moment you say I'm a Kiwi originally, I'm like there's the accent coming through. So, um, so I took myself off to varsity, did a postgrad diploma in in viticulture and oenology, and then I thought, here's a good opportunity to come back to South Africa, where I travelled, done a bit of travels through Africa. And had some friends here, so I thought, great, I can come for six weeks, do a harvest, then yes. maybe go to Europe, and then go home and be sensible, yes. and have a career, and et cetera, et cetera. And kind of came and stayed and loved it, and I don't have to get on a plane now, so I didn't. And and long story short, met met my now husband, Menos, and we are now living in, in Joburg. So, question... Did you also enjoy the World Cup public holiday when we did? <laughs> I'm just asking. Well, I, I love public holidays. <laughs> my, my two children were wearing South African tops. <laughs> They're like, we're going to edge our beds here and just go with dad for this one. So, uh, and why wine? Like, what was it that made you say? Because I, I know that there are many people who are listening and have these passions mm. that they sit with 
or curiosities, let me even say, mm. that they don't get to explore, but they don't often know how that jump went. You hear people say, oh, I left corporate and this and this, but what what was that thing? Is it something you've always known, like I've always been cured, you just love drinking wine? Or what <laughs> what was it that sparked this thing that made you change your life? So I think there was there was a number of things. I think um, the 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 what is it the needle that um the the, the straw that broke the camel's thank back. you that yeah. one <laughs> was was my father passing away and oh. i thought you know what actually life life is too short mm. so let me change mm. and um it wasn't a you know it, it was a big it was a big decision and i had but when i had my farewell so many people came to me and said oh, i wish i could do what you're doing we yes. all we all wish mm. we so could brave. have those those Moments. I mean, mm. um, I'm, I'm not in corporate and I've been doing something I love all the time. But what I admire is that thing of the unknown and you just seem so fearless that you're going to take a chance on mm. something that could not work out or could be amazing. Mm. And you just do it. But I, I mean, listening to Jen talk now as well, I never plan to stay in South Africa, be in <laughs> Joburg have a winery in the middle of Johannesburg. Who would think you, you don't plan those things, do yes. you? Mm. So life is very much taken me and you go with opportunity you go with the i don't know the loves the flows the passions um and you end up somewhere and and you make the most of every step as you go as as nikki bush uh, said to me earlier this week who's an author and a you know everything amazing and she said every day you have to ask yourself how will today surprise me how will life surprise Mm. me and i just feel like you were open to that, hence you were able to be here. So what was intriguing about winemaking for you? Did you fall in love with the process of this labor of love that then becomes an end product and then maybe ends up on the floor somewhere yeah. <laughs> because you're knocked out? Or, or, or what was it? So I love I love the outdoors. Um, I think a part of me in a different life or at some stage was a farmer. So I loved that side of it. And then I lo- really was very intrigued by the fact that you take something you grow all the way through to a final product that's got a label on it. Mm. That's that's a tertiary product, so to speak. Um, so I like that. I like the creativity. I like the labor side of it. I like um, mm. I like the natural side of it. I like being involved with Mother Nature. So mm. we don't know what's going to happen this year. We don't know what's going to happen next year. Mm. Um, the really scary part of it is that Mother Nature can throw something at you and then your whole vintage can just turn and be mm. very different. Um, and you've got one chance a year, and that's it. How did you get it right, though, that um, in Johannesburg? Because when anybody thinks, I want to get into, you know, making wine, you will automatically want to head down where the industry is so big. Yeah. But what was it that you're like, why can't we do it here? And I mean, I know before we went on air, you were sharing about you know, just making wine in your garage. Mm. And I was like, this reminds me of the pineapple situation during COVID. <laughs> You're like, we need wine. <laughs> yeah, so I did that as as we were chatting um, when my kids were young and we got the logistics right. Is that because you needed the wine because you had young kids? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit of it. <laughs> um, and then... And you, you know what? If you've got, if you, if it's Thursday and the the grapes are perfect, um, and you need to pick, and you're, and you're on a farm in the Cape, and you need to pick, I don't know, ten tons, but you can only process five of them today. A lot of the guys will put uh, the the other five in a cold room mm. overnight anyway. So my cold room is the truck that comes up overnight ah. here. 
So I get, so kind of why not? It all fell into place while the kids were young and we were making one barrel. It was a nice, safe kind of experimental space. Yes. And, and it was all drunk, so <laughs> just saying. Um, and then we, and then, yeah, as I said, we, we thought, well, the logistics are working. We are getting these good quality bunches, literally bunches of grapes. Um, we're working with a couple of farms that we love mm. and we're getting amazing quality and, and, and interest, not just quality, but really interesting grapes and wine. Mm. Um, why not? And I think uh, so brilliant. And I just love that you, named you know the the bottles you've got after your children because while it makes sense you you dedicate it to them you can remind them on their 18th birthdays when they finally get to taste <laughs> the wine um and um i got a, to taste the um chenin blanc mm -hmm. and it was light and beautiful and i know we went into all these details about the barrels but i think people must come through hear the story from you and get to taste i want to talk about this food my goodness. So I have my favorite items that I was enjoying, mm. which are the zucchini. Well, they're not fries. What do you call them? Fritters. Fritters. Zucchini mm. fritters. Absolutely love that. The lamb. Um, Sovlakia. Sovlakia. That's the word I was looking like. It's on a skewer. Absolutely. Just sometimes you think that the meat on a skewer is going to be dry. Mm. Not at all. So much flavor. The meatball rich in flavor. The cheese ball rich in flavor. We're saving dessert for later, so yeah. I'll update all of you about the delicious <laughs> dessert. How do you choose what goes on your menu when Greek cuisine is so diverse? There's so many things. And yes, it is very family-style tapas eating of just doing all of that. But in between, you know, the throwing of the plates, like how do you choose? <laughs> this is what must be on the menu. Well, we want to keep it fairly traditional. Um, so typical dishes that you would find in Greece um, and we're going to ex start expanding towards sort of like the islands and Cretan dishes. There's a few other dishes that we're going to be introducing in the next uh, couple of weeks. We've got a new menu coming out early next month. Um, but the other thing is um, being a yoga teacher and coming from a yoga background, um, although before that, long before that, I was actually in corporate. So I, I share yes. that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we, we've taken the whole holistic approach as well. And, and while Greek food and Mediterranean food is um, generally very good for you, the Mediterranean mm. diet has been espoused as, as really good for your health, especially with the olive oil and the freshness of the food. And I think... You know, that's what's what we found in Crete. When we go there, we just come back feeling so light and healthy because the food mm. is fresh, literally from the farm to the to the table or from the sea to the table. Mm. So um, we wanted to try and replicate that as much as possible and really source our food and our products um, that we use um, properly. But the one thing we're wanting to add on as well is, is more health-focused um, dishes. So we've got a lot of health facilities around us, um, you know, paddle courts and the yoga studio and karates and gyms and all that stuff. And um, and I think a lot of people post-workout want to come and have like a protein kick and yes. and have a good healthy meal. Um, so without all the pitas and the yes. <laughs> the carbs um, and sa salads and stuff like that. So so we offer quite a range of, of healthy salads and one of the other big things that we do is uh, what we call is nestissima meals. Um, so nestissima is when you're fasting during mm. Lent. Um, the Greek Orthodox take their Lent um, fasting, you know, quite seriously in that um, we restrict 
uh, a lot of the main products, um, no meat, no meat-derived products or anything. Although you can still have calamari yes. and uh, prawns and crayfish and that. But generally, um, so the nystisima is essentially a vegan diet. So we mm. do provide foods that are vegan as well and mm. particularly emphasize that during those uh, fasting periods. But they're available all the time, um, which I don't think are – and th those are things that are not commonly available things like that you know they're not always on the menu so that's something like we want to be able to to bring to to our menu and our offering and yeah so it's it's, it's always there's an iteration all the time about what's working what's not working what can we add what doesn't well apart from the general you know toasted sandwiches and stuff that people around the office blocks would really like um you know it's it's nice to be able to experiment with with greek dishes and um I've come across some wonderful online resources and menus and recipes, and it's fun. I, I try them at home first, and then you know, trying to start bringing them into into the restaurant as well and bring them on the menu. So, if if you are running, owning, cooking in a Greek restaurant, do you have days where you like, I'm sorry, I need my pizza or I need oh, my yes. burger because <laughs> you know, I also have days I'm like, this is too much. Where's oh, yeah. the the closest any kind of Asian cuisine? Sushi. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, you there's some days. Out. Yeah, absolutely. You can only have so much lamb civil like here. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. So, where can we find Meraki Deli Cafe? So, we're actually right next to Melrose Arch. We're on uh, Cooler Drive, um, and it's number 102, and we're right by the the main entrance to Melrose Arch in between uh, Lamborghini and um, McLaren. So we're really How appropriate. very nice neighbors. <laughs> yes. So How so appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 where can we find the fantastic female owned winery? Mm. So we are 47 Marlborough Avenue in Craigall Park. Mm. Most people because nobody ever drives through Craigall Park. Uh, most people know Delta Cafe and Colourful Splendor Nursery and then the horses. We're all on the same property together. Kind of slide down the hill from Hyde Park. Yes. You'll end up here. All right. So you can head over to the website, Meraki Deli Cafe. That is Meraki with a K, delicafe.com or find them on Instagram, Meraki Deli Cafe or connect as well on Instagram, Jerakaris Wines. That is G-E-R-A-K-A-R-I-S Wines on X. The same one as well. And the website, jerakaris.co.za. Ladies, I, I love me a female owned gold power <laughs> collaboration especially in spaces um that can be you know male dominated and i mean for you to be doing what you're doing in johannesburg you've basically opened the portal for other people to see that it is possible and Joburg can become a little hub of wineries as well and i hope that more and more people come through to support your businesses thank you so so, thank much, you so much for coming through i will be enjoying my wine and dessert later <laughs>